welcome. Welcome to Fancy Zorvengorb. What was it, Zorvengorb Premium? I think it was, uh, yeah, Season 3, Episode uh, 9, uh, Zorvengorb Premium. We finally upped our setup. We won't name any given companies that we use, but because I feel like they're watching us, but yeah. Let's just say, uh, you know, fast moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, alrighty, Gorb. All well, right. uh, it's it's uh, this isn't a hamburger flop. Mm-mm, no, this, this is this is, this is uh, what do we even Academy. call these finales? I, no, the next one's the finale. The oh. finale is when we have a guest. Yeah, this is so, like a, this is this this is the pre-finale. It's the premium. It's the, it's the premium the caviar edition. We just didn't know we were calling it that or yeah. <laughs> caviar. Well, I'll have to look back at the other episodes and see what we called it, and I can adjust. But... <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, did I do the last question? I think you did. Yeah. Uh, do you want to uh, explain? I think we do it. It's going to be we're going to do the same story. Right? Uh, we we the the listener the listener has to do the work. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about who's got the question. Uh, it's your question, if I recall. Okay. Right here we go. You ready? Yeah, yeah, what's the question? Um, I feel like this is more objective, but I feel like we can... You no, but, okay. are, are there Are there more moles or shrews in the world? More moles? Or, well, are we talking total number or species number? We should clarify. Total that. number. All right, do you want to take shrews or... <laughs> I got shrews. I'll look up moles. Put on that inner, uh, that elevator. Music. And if that doesn't include moles on human faces. <laughs> I, I know. Wait, you didn't pick which one you thought it would be, though. Oh, um, did you look up shrews yet? I haven't looked up anything yet. Okay, I'm not. I haven't looked up anything either. I'm gonna go with shrews. Okay, here we go. Oh God, it just gave me the amount of different species. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. Oh God. I'm definitely not going to uh, talk to any sort of AI that could give me the answer. No, to this you question. can't do that. That's cheating. You gotta look. <laughs> There's no cheating when it comes to internet research. Yes, there is. <laughs> what is the total number of shrews <laughs> in the world? Okay, there you go. Oh, God. Uh, well, here we go. How how many different species of moles are there? Um, there are forty two species of moles. How many okay. moles species? Of there there are four hundred different species of shrews. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just bank on the fact that there are that many more species <laughs> being evidence that you are right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I've been, I've been hitting it out with these questions. Only on Zorvengor Premium do we talk about moles and shrews. <laughs> really getting a hit out of the um, the flute there. Hey, uh, listen, it took me a while to learn that part. Okay, I had to learn it for this episode. Um, that and opposite covers. So I have the... Um, you you, you hold all the power. Okay, are you sure. starting or are you second in our 
in so our uh, our long form story. Okay, so the person who answers the question or gets it right, you can either give the prompt and the other person starts the story, mm-hmm. or accept the and then you know kind of reverse it and you finish it. That's what yes, yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right, so I have to decide whether I want to give the prompt and start or. Only in Zorbenborg Premium. Okay, all right. I don't like the flute. No more, no more pan flute. Listen, I had to work really hard to learn that part, Gorb. And if you want to keep insulting my playing, well, go and find another flutist. <laughs> Flautist. Anyway, um, jeez. You don't even play it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna let uh. You, go pianist, you, pianist. you give the prompt. You can give the prompt. You want me to give the prompt? I'll, I'll do the first. I'll do the first fifteen. Make sure you oh, got yeah. your timer ready on there. Oh, I'm ready. Quit fiddling with your flute and get that timer ready. All right, Mister Pianist. <laughs> um, your prompt is to tell me about the secret. Woodwind section. Okay. 15 minutes on the clock? Yes. <laughs> Banking on the fact that we know woodwind instruments. <laughs> the secret woodwind section. This is a this is a saga like no other. Uh-huh. You know, woodwinds like flutes, piccolos, ovos, clarinets, and bassoons. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, you know, Gorb is definitely up to date on his musical instrument knowledge. I definitely was too. That's why I just listed them in that order. Okay, um, t- the uh, fifteen minutes on the clock. Go. Yep, yep, I got it. it. Was the secret woodwind section correct? That's correct. All right. So as I was saying, quite a saga. The yes. Section. Yes, it's like it's like a trilogy. It, maybe even a. That same thing, but with four things. <laughs> what comes? Okay. What's what's? what's one know. more than a trilogy? It's a trilogy plus one. Um, so the 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 secret woodwind section. Yes. So this this is not necessarily the first part of the saga, but it's where I would want to jump in and choose my story uh, for the first start. Uh, for 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 the listener, one more than a trilogy is a quadrilogy. Yes, and th- this story is a quadrilogy. Yes. And the first part piece- one, we're in part one. Yes, we are, yeah. And the first piece I'm going to tell. What's the name of part one of the quadrilogy? Peter's. Uh, Peter, Peter Piccolo? No, Peter's <laughs> Pinky is Lost is the name Peter's of Peter's Pinky one. is Lost. Mm-hmm. And it centers around our main character. Peter Gergen. Peter Gergen. Who was who was born in the untimely time of 1354. It was a real yeah. shit time where it'd yeah, be around in this is like world. Honestly, 1354. Yeah, it was not good. It was not. Yeah, and Peter Gergen was born in um some European city. The name's not important. Yeah. Obviously. And Peter Gergen was fascinated by two things. Two things. Do you want to guess what those two things 
were the things that Peter Gergen was obsessed with. Yeah, the two things he he devoted his life up to this point to (laughs) a woodwind. No. Uh, Okay. Something involving his pinky. No, it was well. We're getting those are my guesses. So the first section was yeah. The first one was the banjo. He loved it. Okay. He was I'm a not twang. sure if the banjo it did was, not. But regardless, there was this is Perth. Yeah, it's, it's analogous to the banjo back then that was around. The other thing he really loved was trying to find a way to take like a a, a slab of meat and make it into an easy to eat sandwich. <laughs> okay. It was he was. The banjo was more of a hobby. He was trying to run a restaurant. It's like the full-time business. Okay, so he was trying yeah. to run a restaurant at 1354? Yeah, yeah. Why couldn't you run a restaurant? Where, where did he live again? In a city in Europe. Do you want to know what that city was? Hamburg. That's what it was. He lived in Hamburg. Hamburg. And he, he liked making meat. Well, he was trying to find the perfect formula for a meat-shaped disc. Something sandwich-esque. Um, hmm. And everyone it, doubted him. Yeah, it was it was, it was, it was so hard. It, it, before this, the city wasn't called Hamburg. Yeah, it was called um, Freiburg. No, it was called Blurbergerg. Um, oh, gr- much better a, name, Gorb. It had a much more uh, German sound than you know. Oh it, yeah, okay. Even though Hamburg is German, it, it was way more German than that. What was it? Burbelberg. Blurgenberg. I was, was close. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so where was I? Uh, the Peter. First Peter Gergen trying to find the perfect meat disc solution. And uh, he also loved to play the equivalent of the banjo in 1354. Okay. Now, Peter Gergen, you know, he's when we meet him, he's around 40 or so. Sure. Right? And he's struggling. Oh, no. You know, it's just so complex to take a whole cow and make it a circular shape. The, the experiments, you know? Yeah, the, the scientific knowledge was not there yet. It was... Yep. Trial it, and error. Orders of magnitude more difficult than it is today. Yes. Um, and so poor little Peter, Peter Gergen with his wife and his 16 children, because it's 1354... <laughs> He had 24, but a lot of them died because of the plague. Okay. Yeah. He's not having any more, though. His wife is dead, too, now. The plague. Oh, jeez. Oh, the plague. One of the cow experiments. No, it was the plague. Everybody, everybody's oh, well, yeah, the plague. Good. That's why I said untimely time. It's plague time. Yep. <laughs> the most untimely. Most untimely time to be around. And Gergen really thought that the plague was God's wrath for not eating foods shaped like spheres. Um, he he believed this like he was told by God. No, no. Um, <laughs> he was like, I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> yeah, more along those lines. Like it was even a pretty out there theory at that point. You know, yeah. In 1354, I mean, people believed in the supernatural quite a bit more, but they weren't really convinced that God was punishing the human race for not eating spherical foods. I would say he's in a he's a minority there. Yeah, he he's a little eccentric. Um, <laughs> So Gergen, you know, he'd spend his all his whole day um, trying to fit 
foods into circular shapes. Try to Wait, foods or cows? Uh, mostly meat, but he experimented on other things too. Okay. Like cereal, like not, you know. Oats. Um, churned oats. Churned oats, celery, apples. It just really. Bark. Bark. You know, it was hard. Barking dogs. Yeah, and so at a certain point, though, his obsession with taking things and making them... Circles. Yeah. circles. He was okay with spheres, because then he could just slice the the spheres into more... The Italians didn't like that. Uh, um, They they already had meat spheres on that. Yeah, but no, he wanted... It was, yeah, it was really hard to get that sort of nice spherical, but you know, easy to eat in bites. Uh, he wanted bigger spears. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Um, <laughs> so what happened? How this all relates to the secret woodwind section is that Peter Gergen, by the age of like 45, his wife's dead, you know, 24 minus 16 of his children are dead. <laughs> Another two. Three That's died. not what the math was earlier. I, they must have been more that died. Anyway, regardless, he's slowly losing it, right? Also, the plague going around. Business isn't great for the restaurant. Plague moves fast. It's it's not it's not going good. Um, So instead of trying to get a new job or find another way to fix feed the fifteen or however many remaining children there were, he decided to double down. Oh, he's doubling down. He was doubling down. So what that involved was grinding things up and then making them into spheres. Yeah. Now, sadly... An important step. Yeah, it is, it is as they would soon discover. But Peter Gergen would not soon discover. Oh, boy. And the reason was he was burning the midnight oil, trying to make foods into spheres, and he suffered an injury. I think I know what injury, Gorb. What do you think it was, Gorb? I think uh, he may have lost a digit. Yeah, he did. He lost his pinky and the other... Actually, he just lost his whole left hand. <laughs> which was, uh, but the pinky was on the end. The pinky, the pinky was also on the left the hand. Pinky, was the pinky the beginning of the problem? Uh, no, it just came off on one clean swoop. But if the whole hand is lost... What happened? Um, so he was in the meat shop, chopping away. Yep. You know, you just got to pay attention to where you're chopping. Food safety 101. <laughs> anyway. Whoops, chopped off half my body. Yep. Not his body, his hand. I mean, he, you know, he'll be all right. Wait. <laughs> that was not made clear. <laughs> no. It's so he only hand. lost his, his hand. hand. It's his left hand. He lost oh, his left hand. Okay. I yeah. thought he lost half his body. Well, he'd be dead then. No, it's yeah. a fantasy world. He'd be dead. No. So obviously he's bleeding out. Obviously, you know. Yep. You know, it's not losing half your body, but he's a tourniquet. Yeah. No. Actually, you want to quarterize that real fast. So luckily he had the grill going. He just I, luckily he had enough quarters. <laughs> <laughs> he just placed it on down on the burner. Oh boy, bold move. Well, you got to quarterize it. Stop the bleeding. Anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> Quarterize. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cauterize. 
uh, quarter as is how they said in hamburger. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, time check. How am I doing on this? I got real excited. <laughs> you, you got five minutes left. I mean, you hit the part one. <laughs> I did hit the part one. I hit the that. title. Yeah. So, you know, long story short, he wasn't really as great a banjo player after he lost the other hand. Yeah, he kind of lost it after that. Wasn't really as great of a cook, too. I mean, aside from the whole... His world's falling apart. Yeah, the whole PTSD thing, you know, having to get back in there with all those knives. Yeah. Um, And he really began began to to fear and develop a strong inner hatred towards anything circular. Um, Rage. Rage, yeah. It was was terrifying. Um, And because of that... You know, he left his family. He yeah. left the city of Hamburg. Oh, boy. He left his dream of making food spheres. Mm. He left. He left. He's, he's even leaving mentally. Yeah, he left the sphere of sanity. Yes. And. He's in orbit. Yeah. And so. When we next find Peter Gergen, I'm going to jump forward a bit. Time check. He was 40. Uh, it's three three minutes, 45 seconds. Okay. Now, when we next find him, he's, it's only here to the accident. Um, he's of Mongolia. Wait, he's where? The steps of Mongolia, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, he, he went on a, on, a, on a journey, and he just... Mm. I hope he, he doesn't go to any caves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, kept, he kept moving east and at a certain point he was hoping to find what he was looking for some confirmation that maybe spheres aren't all bad you know and it's maybe he wants to just find a good sphere he wants to find a good sphere yeah all this is besides the point the real real key to the story here is peter gergen made it to the steps of mongolia by the time he was like 70 he was a long long by the time he was 70 yeah it was a long journey I mean, I don't even think it, in 1354 that, like, the Silk Roads or whatever existed. <laughs> yeah. Was a, he was really, he was really brandish, brandishing his machete there. Yeah. So, <laughs> Peter Gergen, he made it to Mongolia. Okay. And upon arriving, time check. Uh, two minutes, 18 seconds. So, upon arriving, he went to go see the the leader of a certain Mongol tribe at that point. He went to see what? The leader of a certain Mongol tribe at that point. Okay. Yeah. And so, he got there, and he sort of, you know, the Mongol was like, the leader was like, uh, what the fuck happened to your hand? And he explained, you know, yeah, also, who the hell are you? Why are you here? We should just kill you right now, and all the for the pleasantries. Uh, yeah, and so he explained his story, and this this great con. Wait, uh, does he understand? Um, yeah, he like picked up the language language okay. along the way. Yeah, he picked it up here and there. One uh, minute thirty seconds. Okay, and the great con. We'll just refer to him as that. He says, "Okay, that's a." Uh, it's quite an interesting story. It's kind of weird, too. All the food sphere stuff. Now, I don't know really how to help you, 
with your sort of spherical or anti-spherical goals, but I've heard of a lost city. Mm. And this lost city is rumored to have magic instruments. Oh my god. So like what what kind of instruments? What is what is a magic instrument? Like does it control mice? I got a real rat problem back in Hamburg. It's like no no no, it doesn't doesn't control mice. Um <laughs> I would really like that. Oh, he would have. Um but his his idea here was going to be that to follow the magic instruments were going to they could grow things like a new hand or things like that. They had healing powers. They had healing powers. Yeah. And so he was like, okay, where's this lost city? Time check. 10 seconds. He was like, just go a little bit further east. Is that- <laughs> oh, there we go. I really set you up with that one. <laughs> okay. Just go a little bit further east, is Wait, what he hold, said. Hold on. Uh, hold. <laughs> oh. All right. Oh, here we go. He, he said it was east. The Great right. Khan said to go further east, yes. So, the Great Khan, he looked him in the eyes, and he put his head on his brow, and he put his face toward the ground, and he goes... Young Peter, I have a confession. And Peter goes, okay, what's up? He goes, uh, I think I love you. Peter goes, uh, what? Didn't they just meet? Didn't we just meet? (laughs) And the con goes, I'm lonely. And Peter goes, uh, well, you just told me about this secret city. Can I, I mean, like, I don't, I know you love me, sir, but I would really just like to go. And the con goes, I won't allow you to leave. And Peter goes, um, I, I'm, I'm going to go. And then one of the con's bodyguards puts a halberd up to his neck. He goes, I'll stay. He, the Khan sends him to his own private quarters that are sealed off. One window, much smaller than the human body, opens out to the empty prairie, right? Okay, all right. Now, basically, here's what happened. You know, Peter's already 70. The next three years of his life, at noon, his door would open, and he would have an extravagant meal with the Khan. And Khan, the Khan would always have conversations with him about horsey games. He loved horsey games. Horsey games this. Horsey games that. Trot, trot. Plot, plop. Jump. Did right? Ever, like, Obstacle what is, courses. What is, what is a horsey game, I guess, is, is my um, question. You know, there we know Peter knew the language, but he didn't know all the colloquialisms. So all that I really got out of it a bunch of times was different horsey games and then a bunch of jargon and slogans. Okay, all right, that makes sense. But every once in a while, the con would mention that he knew a secret, right? And this isn't the secret city. 
the Khan mentioned that he knew a secret, and then he would say something, 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 eternal life in in the Mongol language. Mm-hmm. And Peter, whenever, you know, whenever the Khan was talking about his horsey games, he's one of those people that could talk, and you could just put the phone down and just pick it up an hour later, and he would be still talking without you being there, right? So he, he would just tune out, and he'd eat his soup. But as soon as the Khan mentioned his eternal life secrets, Peter's ears would perk up. One time, Peter came up with a plan. He got to know one of the guards pretty well. Uh, Yams. Yams. He got to know Yams pretty well. Because Yams wasn't his real name, but I'll give you one guess for what food he liked best. It was Yams. Was it Yams? It was. So he would basically, he would have conversations on the side with Yams pretty pretty frequently. Just, you know, talking about things that he did in his old days, shaping meat orbs, you know, trying to get cows to fit into the tiny discus shape. But they wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? So essentially, they got pretty close. And one day, Peter was talking to Yams. He's like, dude, can you just get me like a straight up gallon of wine? Like I want to, I want to get slizzard. I want to be sipping scissor in my ride like three six, right? As one does in thirty. Yeah, feeling so fly like a G six, which is the name of one of the horses that the con well, has. Horse, right? It's like it's the one. Yeah, it's that his G six is the one that that will fly across the prairie. You know what I mean? When you go to the track, you bet on G six. Exactly, and you never you never bet on flopple hops. No flop lops. That dude can prance, but he cannot run. Mm-mm. Trust me, we know all the horse lore. If we're Peter, <laughs> hey. So he comes up with this plan. He gets the gallon of wine from Yams, and one day when it comes time for his extravagant lunch. He goes out to meet the great Khan. And he's like, Khan, you know, cheers to our fourth year together. I'm 74. You're 56. We've been having all these great horsey games conversations. Let's drink it up, right? Mm-hmm. They're like eight, nine cups in. Peter is really hamming it up. He could win. I was about to say a Grammy. <laughs> He could win an Oscar, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is he is hamming up. And at this point, the Great Khan is pretty liquored up. He basically looks at him and goes, you know, Great Khan. I, it's none of my business. It, it's nothing to do with me. And, you know, I'm just interested. I'm just a little curious. You keep mentioning this youth secret, but I, I you know, I, I pretty much don't believe anything you have to say. And I think you're probably a liar. No, that makes sense. And the great Khan goes, are you calling me a liar? Are you, what, did you just say that? And he goes, guards, leave us. And he takes out his sword. Peter's like, ah, I fucked up. <laughs> the great Khan lifts up his sword and he stabs it into the table. And then he goes, ha, 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 ha. And Peter's like, what is happening? And then essentially, the great Khan goes, 
I think you deserve to know. Peter is flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. He goes, my guards, they don't even know. It was a secret passed down through generations. And I will only tell you because I love you. In the back of his mind, Peter's like... <laughs> did the did the con just to clarify here? Did he have a wife beforehand? Does he still have a wife? Did he it, have no. a beforehand? Does he still have a husband? Or he, was Peter his first love? In no. Okay. Years? The con has not laid a hand on Peter. <laughs> Is there? Um. He just exclaimed his love for him and then kidnapped him, and that was it. Okay. okay so they. Is it possible there might be a translational misunderstanding of the verb love, or? Peter's pretty sure he got it. (laughs) Okay. And he's like, I think you deserve to go. No. Peter's like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I do. Like, I, you know, I, I, maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. And Gorb, do you, do you know the name of this, the, the part two of the quadrilogy? Um, fish sticks? No. What is it? Very close. Eternal life. Okay. All right. I knew it was close. It was something like that. It was one or the other, right? Yeah, exactly. In the ballpark. (laughs) And then the Khan, he leans in and he whispers in Peter's ear. Peter is shocked. Shocked. Okay. This was the secret to eternal life that I'm guessing was. That's correct. In uh, in in Mongolian or in German? Did did the Khan learn any German or no? All Mongolian. All Mongolian. Okay. As soon as Peter hears this secret, he takes the Khan Khan's head, and he bashes it into the table, as hard as he possibly can, instantly crushing the Khan's skull. Okay. The guards are not in the room. Do you know what the Khan said to him? I'm curious. Um, It doesn't have anything to do with fish sticks. (laughs) Doesn't have anything. Is that what you you said? The Khan told him that he drank his father's blood. Okay. Judging by uh, uh, Gergen's age at 74 and the plague running rampant, back home that might be a might be a tricky tricky issue to get to. well you have to remember that gergen is in the orbit of sanity is in the he orbit. instantly this this is macabre are, are you are you gonna be okay yeah yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm good with it what's he gonna do he takes a mongolian straw if you didn't know mongolians invented straws okay all right Takes the big old slurp of that cranium blood, okay? He feels an instant light rush through him. Mm -hmm. He can feel his skin cells congealing. And within 30, 45 seconds, he feels 10 years younger. 20 years younger. 30 years younger. Come to find out, in a footnote, the Khan was 400 years old. Wow. Look, looked 56. Yeah, that's something. That's uh... Now, Peter hightails his way out of there. Do you, know, do you know where he goes? 
How did he get past the guards? I guess it was, it was just a different door. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> the kitchen. They were all they were all so drunk they just went to guard the front. No, door he just went out through the kitchen. <laughs> the cooks were like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "That was that." Bye. <laughs> okay. He he goes, and do you know where he goes to first? Uh, the horse stables. Ah. Does he take okay. G6? And he he hops aboard G6. And he hightails his way all the way to the southern tip of Thailand. Only a few stops. G6 might as well be traveling at light speed. It's, it's just such a quality horse. It's How much time do I have? You have three minutes and 36 seconds. Okay. From Thailand, hops a boat. You know, many years are passing at this point. He spends like 10 years in Thailand. Just doing his thing. Hops aboard a boat. Lives in the Philippines for several years. Then makes his way all the way to Australia. He lives in Australia for how many years, Corp? 20? 200 years. Okay, so we're getting close to... Wait, so... 300 years. 400 years. 500 years. And he spends that time trying to find the lost city. He thought it was in Australia? Wouldn't that be more of like a southeasterly direction instead of due east? Um... He talked to Yams quite a bit about the Lost City, right? <laughs> Yams seemed to think it was a bit more south. than the Yams was like, Don yeah. doesn't have any idea what the fuck he's talking about. This guy knows nothing. He's like, listen, it's like in this island where the British send all their prisoners, okay? In 1354? <laughs> Yams could see the future. Another oh, family oh. secret. <laughs> all right. Now, not only did Peter kill and drink the Khan's blood, but he also killed and drank Yam's blood, okay? And he gained the ability to have secret flash forwards of the future where he just sees certain things happen, but he doesn't understand the context or what it means, okay? Wait, didn't did Yams go with him, Josh? Yams or- was killed by Peter. In the horse stables. Okay? Oh, okay, that makes sense. He was grooming G six, wasn't he? Betrayed completely. Peter, Peter, we are following not even an antihero at this point. Okay, and he he sees this vision. How much time do I have? One minute left. Okay, he sees this vision when he's in Australia. He's sitting on a concert stage. He looks to his right. The entire right section of him is empty chairs. And he looks to his left, and there is one flute player, but he can never make out his face. And it brings him the greatest dread that he has felt in his his entire life. And he has done some terrible things, Gorb. In those 500 years, you wouldn't imagine. (laughs) Okay. Now, 
he thinks he has his first clue in 500 years to find the lost city. Wow. Oh, here we go. What's that secret? Or what's that hint? Well, let me let me let me uh, let me start this off saying it's it's all pretty obvious that you know Peter Gergen, famous almost inventor of the hamburger, um, is wouldn't now, have wouldn't have happened without him. He laid the groundwork. Yeah, he's now he's the now ground. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not he's now a vampire. Um, that said, you know he's living in Australia now in the beautiful city of Perth. You know, yes, the one on the not not Perth on Earth, or is it Perth on? Is it Perth on Perth? No, yeah. Wait, what? Never mind. (laughs) Um. Yes, Peter Gert living in Perth. The year is the mid nineteen nineties. Um, and great year for vampires. Yeah, it was a great year. Great year, mid nineteen nineties. Great time. Great time. I mean, people were really skinny, um, which wasn't really like the heroin sheet. Not ideal. But, you know, it wasn't really great for the vampires because a lot of people had anemia and they didn't know it. Yeah, Mm. There was a time of high iron deficiencies. (laughs) Anyway, I'm I'm missing the point. The point was, so where we left off, Peter was just got to Australia. He's been spending a couple years there. Right. It is weird that, you know, the Aboriginals, you know, there's a white guy who came to Australia in 1354. But hey, he made it at least 500, 600 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems to not die, you know, which is, you know, that's pretty weird in and of itself. (laughs) Um, And also, we have to start to wonder, you know, Yim's talked a lot of shit about this lost city. Yep. Peter, you know, all his years searching the uh, the Australian continent never really seemed to find much. Found a lot of sand, a lot of a lot of. They do have lots of that. A lot of marsupials, um, poisonous critters, poisonous critters, sharks. All in all, he thought it was actually a terrible place to be. But you know, it's been like. Why am I here? Stays five hundred years. Yeah, he's been he's been here four hundred years. By the time he decided it was a terrible place to be, so he's he grew roots. He hated where he lived. But he couldn't leave. He couldn't bear to part with it either, you know. And that vast desert was a great, you know, sort of setup for finding the occasional dried out husk of a corpse. It's easy to assume the sun sucked all the water <laughs> out instead of a vampire. It is great for that. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's got its perks. You know, the winters are beautiful. Anyway, <laughs> Peter Gert, it's 1990s. He's living in Perth, and there's this this Philharmonic concert coming into town, oh. right? Now, it's not that he never really gave up the search for the lost city. It's just it wasn't driving him the way it used to. Yeah. Know? It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, he didn't even really have a tragedy to lose it, you know, like with his hamburger passion, you know, he had a horrible meat grinder accident. Um, yep. You know, a cleaver accident. Um, and fun fact, if you become a vampire, you may live forever. Lost limbs do not grow back. So, yeah, come on. His dreams of professional banjo and a sphere meat maker—you know—they're still out the window. But he had grown yeah. to love flute and flute-like instruments. 
Um, he would later woodwinds. Those uh, that general section of the orchestra was called uh, woodwinds. Yes. You know, he was there when that word was invented. Yeah, but he wasn't really privy to it because he was in Australia. But it, yeah, he was around. Um, He's like, this isn't even made of wood. That that it always threw him. Every Philharmonic concert he would go to, he would pay for old price for a ticket, get a front row seat, and at the end he would throw tomatoes and scream and harass the woodwinds section as they left, screaming, "It's oh, not damn. even wood. It's all lies." <laughs> Then he'd sort of like sob. The, the years have bogged him down. Yeah. His sanity was fraying 500, 500 years, years ago. Right? <laughs> we can presume that regularly drinking other humans' blood did not really make it that much better. Did he become notorious in Australia? <laughs> Just in Perth. He didn't pull okay. that shenanigans in Sydney. Now that wouldn't let that shit fly. <laughs> yeah. He would much more, much more tolerant. Yeah, per, well, you know, he was a local. Um, <laughs> been there when, since the city was founded. <laughs> He's got yeah. old ties. Yeah, you know, in Sydney, and he take he take regular business class trips to Singapore and Hong mm. Kong. All of, like he'd hand out flyers. Like, do you know what flutes are really made of? Outside <laughs> the back, but you know. Oh, Gorb, what's the name of this third part of the quadrilogy? Oh, um, I can't believe it's not wood, is the name of the third part. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, anyway. So he's, this is one of his, if you want to see the true Peter Gergen, mm. why isn't it wood, scream, cry, laugh, hysterical temper tantrum, you got to go to Perth. Yeah, it's almost an attraction. It is, it's, 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 it's a town attraction in itself. So there was a new Philharmonic coming in. The um, you know the San Francisco Philharmonic was going to play all the way from San Fran in the 1990s. Yeah, you know so you, we got planes then. You know, yeah, <laughs> they did exist. Did. When you're a vampire, you lose track of the years. Yeah, it really time flies when you're crazy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Peter's like, I gotta get tickets, and he goes up to the booth. He's like, I need front. Front, front row. How close can you get me? He must have money then. Oh, he's, he's been a re- compound interest. Or yeah. Compound interest. He's filthy rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're like, Mr. Gergen, he's so rich, he doesn't even bother to change his name every couple of hundred years. Ago. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what are you he's like they're all going to die. It's all good. <laughs> they sent cops once in like 1850 and he just killed them and drank their blood. So, you know... Yeah. He's like, no cops are going to show up for at least another 100 years. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, what are you going to do? I got money. Um, so he was like, yes, front row. Mr. Gergen, please don't harass the Philharmonic. He's like, yeah, I know you got to say that. Just give me the tickets. And he gets <laughs> the tickets. Now, in the past, Peter Gergen had that vision of the future from drinking yam's blood. Uh, yep. and, and yam as in the person, not in the, you know... <laughs> We're not referring to yam juice here. The underground cheaper native to South America. Yeah. But he went down to the Philharmonic. You know, they're playing Beethoven's Fourth Symphony. Woodwind section gets on, gets kicks on, and he's all ready to sort of rip his shirt off and scream, None of it is real. <laughs> Nothing. He was ready. Real. 
He's got yeah, one of those shirts you can ears. rip off easily. Yeah, well, he wears special rippable shirts, you know. <laughs> he goes he goes to the, the TJ Maxx the day before to just get a fresh, fresh cut, cut certain holes here and there. No, he can just do it. He's pretty, he's, you know. He's oh, he's pretty strong, yeah. But he wears it down for a couple of days beforehand, you know. At the time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he gets, like, if he goes a little too early... He's got a whole pack. I'll just put another one on and then rip it again. So he was prepared to do that, but something happened? Sometimes Philharmonics just book Perth so they can watch him. Honestly, <laughs> entertainment goes both ways. Um, anyway, he's about to rip his shirt. Yeah. As one does when they find out. Almost the huge at this point. It's the huge. Everybody's got their cameras out. They're ready to, you know, take a Kodak. He probably enjoys it. If we're being honest, he probably enjoys it, too. The fame, you know. (laughs) It's the social blood. Anyway, um, he looks up at the Woodland Sergeant. Yes. And he sees a face. Just as he's about to rip, some drunk frat boys are in the back chant, rip, rip, rip. (laughs) And then he looks at the face. And it's it's, it's strange, because the person Mm. he's looking at he knows he's seen him before in that vision. Hmm. And he knows it's a human being. But, you know, if he were to look away and then describe what the person playing the flute looked like. He, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it, right? Not even a vague. He couldn't even give height, hair color, skin color, nothing. Hmm. Just knew it was a human being. Yes. So he actually sits back down. And this takes everyone in the amphitheater. <laughs> a couple gasps. Gasps. And booze from the local. Yeah, the frat boys. <laughs> Boo, rip your shirt. Beethoven's sympathy, symphony finishes flawless performance by the uh, San Francisco Philharmonic. Yeah. Um, sadly, no temper tantrums and shirt ripping, which, you know, half the audience was pleased with, but most were not. Half wanted a refund. Yeah, San Francisco wanted a refund, too. Why the hell are they going to Perth if they're not going to see the shirt rip? <laughs> Time check. Five minutes. Five minutes. So, Peter Gergen, he goes out to the back after this concert. He's like, listen, he's trying to pick out the guy, but he can't remember the guy, right? Nope. It's like... Second he looks away, it's gone. It's gone. So, his plan, he's he's crazy, but he's also smart, you know. He's yeah, not, I mean, he couldn't have made it this long. Yeah, he's not an idiot. He's just insane. So <laughs> he's like, oh, I'll just look at each person coming out of the door. And the person that fills me with abject terror, that's <laughs> the one I need to talk to. Yeah. So that, and it works. I'm about third, 30th person walking out of the door at the end of the show mm. is this man. And Peter sees him. And now he wants to rip his shirt, even though he's not supposed to now. He's got a nice He's feeling the old urges. He's just, it's fear wants to rip it out, not false anger, psychotic anger. Not rage. It's a, it's a fear rip. It's fear. You know, he just needs something to rip right now. (laughs) (laughs) And he doesn't have any Beyblades. No Beyblades. Anyway, um, so he goes up to this guy. Yeah. The guy's smoking. Luckily for him, he walks away from the rest of the group. He's smoking. Hmm. By, by a Volkswagen. And Peter's like, he's mumbling gibberish, you know, feels crazy. He looks at the guy and he's like, I know you, I know you, I've seen you. 
<laughs> it's not real wood, you know, talking real crazy. Yeah. And just as the, you know, as they do every harmonic performance, the press security team's going to come and pull them away from the woodwinds. And this one, the bodyguard's like, come on. They're like, come on, Mr. Gergen, your limo's waiting. Um, the man looks at <laughs> your him. Your limo's waiting. He's rich. Yep. <laughs> he's crazy, but he's rich. Um, so the man looks at him, and he looks at the guards, too. He says, it's all right. Uh, wait a minute. And he looks at Peter Gergen. Hmm. And Gergen now, even as he's looking directly at the man, can't think of anything about him. He can't describe him. Yep. The man is indescribable in that way. Something's off. Yeah. And so he says, all right, cool down, Perth security team. I can handle this. And he goes, you're Peter Gergen, aren't you? And he goes... It's not what, yes. And, you know, he's a little crazy fit, but he basically gets the point of problem, which is, yes. Yeah. You know, I've I've worked to you before. Yeah. And he's like, what? And he's, the other guy's (laughs) like, back in the day, people used to call me yams. (gasps) And Peter Gergen starts flipping the fuck out. What? like smashing yams you know beating him to death drinking his blood he's like it can't be yams there's no way he looks like he's having a seizure on the sidewalk right now the Perth security team they come and they scoop him up and as yeah. he's dragging gergen you know back into his limo that already has the howl drip set up <laughs> yeah they the yams looks at him and he says time check uh one minute and 30 seconds Yams looks into Peter's crazy glazed over eyes and he says, when you're ready, you can find me at the lighthouse. And the ambulance, <gasps> yeah, it pulls off now. Oh my God. Time check. One minute and 10 seconds. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little something to work with. All right. Jurgen wakes up in a hospital bed in Perth. In a hot sweat. Hot sweat. A couple days later, Ivy in. Um, Nurse comes in, they're like... Did he pass out? Uh, he passed out. It was a lot of things. It was, you know, a seizure. Like, <laughs> oh pass out. He just, he, the man in, imploded physically and psychologically. Yeah. He aged a decade and a year. In a minute. A decade and yeah. a minute. And the nurse comes in, she says, there's some weird results with your blood work. He's like, shut up, tell me about the man with the lighthouse. <laughs> 30 seconds. And uh, he's like, oh, um... This card came for you when you were, you know, when you were sick. Yeah. Uh, it has a house on the front. Is, is that something relevant? And I'll leave you to start that off there. Oh. <laughs> so, our our friend. Should our... I, I kick your 15 minutes off? Yes, I'm ready when you're ready, Gorb. All right, let's do it. Last 15 minutes about right. the mystery woodwind section. All right. This, this uh, part four is called It's Not Real Wood. So, never was. Peter, Peter looks at the card, and it's just a picture of a lighthouse, and it says, I will see you in three days. Yams. 
And then the, he turns it around. There's it's there's nothing else. He's like, oh yeah, a lighthouse. Like what else? <laughs> so many lighthouses. He's like he's like where? <laughs> and then finally on the back he sees that address of the car. What's and it's uh, it's uh, it's Bourbon Lighthouses. Okay, it's like Bourbon Lighthouses. That's that's not a real lighthouse. That's a bar. And he's like, did he mean a bar? <laughs> Does it have a lighthouse like, on front? He's like, uh, maybe, okay. Three days go by, like, the longest three days of Peter's life, right? He's nervous. He's anxious. He's pacing. He can't sleep. I mean, he couldn't sleep anyway for hundreds of years, but he has that feeling like he can't sleep. He's got all the feels, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's rough. You know, finally the day comes. You know, he's, he's drinking the, he's drinking the blood from, uh, you know, one of his, one of his, one of his easy victims. The man he invited to teach him how to play flute, you know. He exactly. Yeah. You know, he goes through flute teachers like, like they're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Finally, a day comes and he's like, should I go? Should I not go? And he's like, basically he decides to himself. He's like, if, if I don't go then I'm just going to like, I'm just going to be fearful for the rest of my life. I gotta, I gotta go see, I gotta see if this is really yams. There's no way it's been hundreds of years. I destroyed his entire body. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way it's him. Like he, maybe he knows something. Right. Like I can't live with that FOMO for another 500 years. Exactly. Fear Mo. He shows up, he shows up at the lighthouse and he orders, he orders a drink of water. Okay. He's drinking the water and uh you know, he's just sitting there. An hour goes by. Another hour goes by. He starts to get up and he feels a hand on his shoulder push him back down into his seat. Ooh. He turns to his right. And finally, he can see Yam's face. And it is Yam's. It is. But he is covered in scars. Right? Big stitched scar from the top left of his forehead all the way down his lip down to the right side of his neck. Scar across his forehead to the right. He basically looks like Frankenstein. I was just going to ask. It's given Frankenstein. Yeah. And Yams, he didn't even know this, but notice this before, but talks with a lisp too. Right? He's got like a voice that just like, you know he's been through pain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, Peter turns to him, he's like, he's like, it's you. It really is you. And Yams is like, no shit. <laughs> and he, he's like, remember that time you basically almost killed me? Well, I've been following you. And Peter has goosebumps go from his head to his toe. It's like, how long have you been following me, Yams? He goes, I've lost the trace here and there. But I know the things you've done. I know what you've done, Peter. Not just to me, but to have so many, so many people. (laughs) (laughs) And Peter goes, listen, I did what I had to do. And Yams goes, I know what you did to those koalas. (laughs) Wait, isn't Yams, because he was from like 800 years ago, too. He's also got to be a vampire now. He is. All right. 
So but this is not more fully. About the koala beef. Okay. We're about to find out. Okay. Because Peter turns to me and goes, How are you still alive? How did you survive all these hundreds of years like me? And Yams goes, Listen, I never chose to become a vampire. I never chose this life you did. And when I when I got voluntold <laughs> I got voluntold into the life <laughs> that I was a vampire. I got a blessing too. And he goes, What? You got a blessing? And he goes, Well, I'm a I'm a a holy vampire. And he goes, That doesn't make any sense. He goes, I know. Because <laughs> that's beside the point. He goes, listen, there are two ways out of this. One, I kill you right here, Peter. And two, you confess on live television that you are a vampire and have been alive and confess to your crimes. And Peter goes, I don't like either of those options. Wait. If he confesses that he's a vampire, I'm assuming also subjects to some scientific testing, wouldn't that really kind of be quite a bummer for the other vampires, like Yams himself? Hey, you know, Yams, Yams is an anointed one, okay? He doesn't give a shit about vampires, and he wants to die, but he can't. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, that makes because sense. Because he, he can't die until the person who made him a vampire dies. Which would be Peter. Okay, which I, which I'll give you one guess. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. Peter who made him a vampire. Yeah. Okay. Now, basically, Yams is like, I I could kill you right now. I've got I've got tools, and Peter's like, I believe you. <laughs> Yams is like, I bet you couldn't see my face earlier, correct? And he goes, mm-hmm. How did you know? And he goes, I covered it in garlic chapstick. Wait, what? Like, I don't think also, chapstick is supposed to go places nothing in your lips. He's like, it was effective, wasn't it? Side note, if if Yams can kill Peter, well, Yams only can't die because he's a holy vampire? Or can he just, like, stab himself with a wooden stake? Or, he or... cannot die until Peter dies, oh, which is okay. exactly what he tells him. Okay, all right. That he looks at him and he goes, Peter, I can't die. I've tried, believe me. After I saw what you did to those koalas, I tried a hundred times. <laughs> what do you think all these scars are from? What did he do to the koalas, though? But anyway, continue. I don't want to know. And Peter goes, those are, those are my past years. Those are my teenage years as a vampire. He goes, you were 200 years old then. He's like, I just around woodwind sections now. <laughs> and then Peter goes, listen, how much time do you have? You have seven minutes left. He goes, listen, I I did what I had to do. Everything else was just experimental. And he goes, listen, Yams, I, I'm not that person anymore. You have to believe me. And Yams goes, I wanted to. I wanted to believe you, Peter. But I saw what you did last week. And Peter goes, no, it was one mistake. And Yams goes, you, you were on, it was on the news. I remember. And Peter goes, listen, it was just one zoo. 
Shit, what is he doing with koalas? And Yams goes, the koala exhibit, you monster! <laughs> and Peter goes, what's that? And Yams goes, I don't know, what is it? And he turns around and Peter sprints out of the room. Mm. Now, little did you know that Peter had bitten G6 when he left Mongolia. And that trusty old vampire steed was right outside of the lighthouse bar. And he hopped aboard it and sped off in the distance. And Yams went, fuck, there's no way I'm catching that horse. Even my modern day cars can't catch up to good old G6. (laughs) Exactly. Fast forward to the year 2023. Mm -hmm. Peter managed to escape from Australia. And he actually makes his way all the way over to San Diego, California. And in San Diego, all of those happenings scared him so much that he's like, I'm going to try and live a straight life. I'm not going to kill people and do do whatever. I'm going to try and live it right. Okay. All right. And you know what he did? You know what he would eat, Gorb? Uh, Rabbits? Hamburgers. Uh, Was he pissed when he saw his invention or was he And they suck. (laughs) They didn't do it. He's like, this is nothing like what I intended. It should have been more spherical. (laughs) Exactly. He tried meatballs too and he's like, the Italians did it right first, but I can't admit that. (laughs) I can't. I I can never admit it. (laughs) He's he's living his life, you know, a simple life. Wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning, eat a hamburger, and practice his flute. And damn, did he get good. Mm -hmm. He got so good that he started to kind of push his limits a little bit. You know, he was living a quiet life Mm -hmm. for, you know, 40, 50 years. Vampire witness protection. Exactly, pretty much. How much time do I have, Gorp? Four minutes left. And finally, he, he works up the guts to audition to a local orchestra called Vans Vans Orchestra <laughs> and he he he's there's a flute part to um uh don't don't stop believing woodwind edition <laughs> it's a <classic>. okay classic <laughs> where the woodwind part follows the lead vocal melody and mm-hmm. the guitar solo Oh, both. Impressive. And damn, if you could hear Peter play that guitar solo on the flute. (laughs) It's like you could even forget what he did to the koalas for just a moment. A brief second. I mean, really just a brief second after that. It all comes flooding back. But anyway, (laughs) he goes to his audition and there's this this long-haired man. This is actually during during the years of COVID wearing a mask so so it was kind of hard for peter to play his flute but he went in and he said i'm ready for my audition they were like can you play the parts damn did he nail it Mm. and peter was so nervous for his first live show he really was Mm. and he he goes into the auditorium for his practice time he's 
lubing up his flute. That's what you do. Of course, that's what I, that's what they do. Gotta, gotta lube up the flute, you know. Lube up the flute, yeah. And he's playing his scales, mm-hmm. and he turns to his right, and the other parts of the orchestra start filling in, and all that. And uh, the conductor comes up and the audience starts filling in. He's starting to get butterflies. He's nervous. He's excited. A few minutes. And he he notices that there are even news crews, like cameras and recording equipment. I mean, it's going to be the first all-flute rendition of Don't Stop Believing." Exactly. Momentous occasion. They go through some of the regular, you know, flute songs, um, you know, the, uh, you know, Trap Queen. Hot Cross Buns. Hot Cross Buns. Um, like a G6. Uh, like a G6, uh, Through the Fire and Flames, Dragon Force, right? Yep. Um, Yellow Submarine. That's the whole set list. And then the final song, Don't Stop Believing. The conductor's up there, you know, he's he's doing his thing. And then he he's he's just about to hit the solo and the audience is enraptured, right? They're all staring at him. And then all of a sudden, all of the fellow orchestra players stop right before the solo and they leave the stage sprint off but he is not about to stop he's like i'm about to hit this solo the best i've ever hit in my entire life i am throwing down and he hits the part of the whole guitar solo and then he looks to his right and the conductor takes off his mask and he goes this isn't just van's orchestra this is van helsing's orchestra and he goes, he's still playing. He's like, I can't stop playing this soul. The audience's he eyes are wide. Believing. He turns to his left. And who is there, Gorb? It's Yams. It's Yams. And Yams looks him right in the eyes. And he says, it is real wood. And drives a stake through Peter's heart. Bravo. A wooden stake, and Peter collapses on the floor because he stopped believing. The one thing you can't do. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Play us out, sir. (laughs) 